We're bringing you independent voices and civil dialogue across the political divide. I'm Ed Fallon. I'm your host, and we are coming to you from the heart of America's heartland, Des Moines, Iowa. And if you like what we do, we could sure benefit from your support, folks. You can visit the uh, Fallon Forum website, learn more about us, go to the donations page. And if you run a small business or a nonprofit, consider becoming a sponsor. And speaking of sponsors, thanks to Gateway Marketing Cafe. That's Des Moines' locally owned grocery and specialty food store. Gateway's Cafe is open for dine-in, carry-out, and delivery service seven days a week. Also check out Gateway's uh, catering and floral service. That's Gateway Marketing Cafe. All right, later on today's program, Kathy and I are going to tell you all about compost. Because, yeah, that's what I want to be when I grow up, compost. But seriously, if it weren't for an aggressive composting program, our degraded urban soil in Des Moines would be, Abby, it wouldn't be worth a tiny hill of beans. All right, so Mark Klipstrom's in the studio with me today. And uh, well, hello, Mark. Welcome to the program. I'm going to agree with you on the compost, Ed. My mom you told me about that. I, she called it black gold yeah. for years. I thought, man, nah, nah, whatever. Well, it is true. Yeah, maybe, yeah. We, maybe we can be compost together someday. Huh? Uh, no, 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 whatever, yeah. Kathy's here. So, hey. Okay, she can be, watch. Before okay. Mark and I sort out this uh, recent New York Times analysis of the uh, frightening rise in, uh, in gun violence, um, i, I got to take a look at two other stories. One's purely political. The other is okay okay more important first the political one the iowa caucuses now maybe you've been following this too mark but every indication is that the uh, the democratic national committee that's the elite in washington dc the dnc they want to boot iowa out of its out of its um, historic role as the first state to kick off the presidential nominating process i think it's going to happen what do you think mark i think i'm a spectator well, uh, possibly by design. I, I, I mean, I've attended the caucuses. They, it seems like one of those things that's evolved or devolved or whatever. They seem to have worked. I, I does it work? I don't know. And then there's the question of why they would be somewhere else. I was not exactly a mirror of uh, the United States demographic. Well, well, that and that's kind of the the argument. Well, that's kind of their argument, and. Um, and, of course, the mainstream media is just plugging right into this. Uh, here's one MSNBC headline. The death of the Iowa caucuses might ultimately help Democrats. Um, <laughs> and that fascinates me because it makes no sense. I mean, Democrats, in my opinion, are, are, are beyond any help that they can be given <laughs> through a caucus or primary system. Yeah, they like to shoot themselves in the foot. The foot, the head, <laughs> sure. the, yeah, wherever, you know. But um, I know there – I think really what, what – what I think is going on, Mark, is this. Back in 2020, the, um, at the last minute, the DNC insisted that the Iowa Democratic Party use this new mm -hmm. app, this new app called Shadow. Okay, anytime somebody wants you to use an app called Shadow and says it's for security, mm -hmm. be very, very, very suspect. Be very, very, very careful. Okay, as one of my favorite cartoon characters might say, but you know, and I it, thought that was Princess Bride. <laughs> well, maybe, yeah. yeah. But they, uh, but they, they made the Iowa Democratic Party use this this tool, this app that failed dismally. I mean, this should not be that hard. You just you, you, you tally the votes, you call them in, and you report them. That's how it works since 1972. Can I <laughs> jump in? Ed? Yeah, jump in. My, my observation has been that the nominee that ends up at the top rarely ever seems to have anything to do with the Democrats in the field. 
it's like, wait a minute, how, well, do, how did we end up with these two guys? With Joe Biden, right? for example. Well, the, and, and <laughs> the other guy, the on the other, I was like, I was like, wait a minute, these aren't regular people. They don't represent regular yeah. people's values. They're corporate. They're uh, government. They're big biz. There's all this stuff. They're yeah. not. Joe and Susie Schmo, you know, like, I, well, are, are they representing us? Are well, they I, I, one, of the, one of the arguments the DNC is making is, well, we need we need a state that's more diverse than Iowa. Uh, and, you know, and I, I think when you look at the four front runners right now, New Hampshire, Iowa, South Carolina, and Nevada, that's a lot of diversity in terms of some cities, a lot of rural areas, uh, large Latino population in, South, in uh, Nevada, large black population in South Carolina. You know, I, I, I was looking at a, I was re- on a blog the other day, and they were saying, uh, contentious as they are, they're saying Democrats are bemoaning these new election laws because they limit the access of voting. And they said, what about the caucuses? That happens one night for everybody. What if you can't make it? I mean, I kind of went, well, they kind of have a, a point. I, I have to carve well, time out to do that. I, sure. Yeah, I think devil's and, advocate. And, 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 like, well, and why not carve time out? I mean, if, you're, if you've got a wedding to go to, if, especially if it's your wedding, you know, you're going to carve out time to make sure you're there. You know? I mean, but, but, if something's important, you carve out time to be there. So I don't have any trouble with that. One night, though. Like, elections have weeks, you know? So well, I, it's, I, it's not, it's it seems like it not might an election. be more accessible if... If there was more time for it to happen, I, I don't know. But it wouldn't I, be I, the same. I mean, this is the cool thing about the caucus is it's neighbors coming together, uh, not just to uh, just decide which candidate they want to support, but to vote on issues, to elect people to local committees and whatnot. And again, Republicans do it as well. And Republicans are going to continue to have their caucus in Iowa. It's the national Republicans don't have any problem with Iowa. It seems to be the Democrats that do. Well, I guess I've been kind of a spectator. It's one of those things that someone else plans the party. You go to that wedding. I don't decide who the DJ is. Or I just show up to the wedding. and, and so this Hopefully is, have a good time. These, these yeah. Well, no, they're horrible DJs. I'm a DJ. I don't play music that people want to dance I don't, to. I don't care about your DJ. I'm into the caucuses. Oh, well, like, no, but it's the same thing. It's like right. I don't understand why they did it, how it's done, and why it's done that way. It just, it's a given. Could it be yeah. different? Could it be better? Of course, it always could be. I, I don't have the answers to that. Like I said, I'm a spectator. Right. Well, I'm not a spectator. And I think... Uh, well, no, I, I, I participate, yeah. Yeah, but yeah, I yeah. mean, the, the, the organization <laughs> and the, the, the structure, I don't understand why it's like that. Yeah, and, and I, 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 I mean, the best part of the caucuses is all the stuff that happens leading up to it. And that's true of New Hampshire and South Carolina, Nevada as well. These four smaller states, geographically diverse, get to have a much better opportunity to test the candidates on issues. And, you know, we, we, get, we get to see candidates up close. We get to kind of get a real good sense of who they are. I think that's really important. And, I, you know, and I, and I get it that maybe other states should have an opportunity to do that. But well, I don't Bi- think— Biden didn't—he didn't, wasn't in the— wasn't even in the running, and somehow he ends up as no, our... No, he, he failed miserably in that's Iowa, that's New Hampshire, that. Nevada. How does this work? South Carolina is what did it for Biden. I, well, know? like I said, so well, who cares if it's Iowa then if, if we have well, nothing to do with who the final uh, candidate is? Yeah. I, I, once again, I, kind of from the outside, yes, I'm politically involved. That is very local, and maybe I should be more so. Gosh, there's a lot to do. That's one thing I love about the caucuses. They are very, very local. And, and again, they do involve a commitment of time, an hour or two. 
But what's wrong with expecting people to put in a couple hours for democracy? There Boom. are some. Oh no, I oh I I'm a political junkie every day, but sometimes there's a mountain that's in the way and people just can't do it. I, I do that. make it. I do I part the waters, if you will, and I do show up. But there's something. They got kids. They got little kids. Whatever. I don't yeah. know. Maybe the kids sick. Well, whatever. When, I don't when, know. When I was uh, when I was chairing caucuses, we provided daycare. We also provided snacks. Huh. You know, bring your kids. Let them have fun too. That's not illegal yet, providing snacks. <laughs> well, it isn't. It may be a Georgia. You can't give a bottle of water to somebody <laughs> waiting in line in Georgia. Don't you pull know. the veil back. Anyway, Don't pull I, the curtain I, back. I, I think the Iowa caucuses are done. It's been a nice run all, since 1972. Yeah. So. But, you know, Things I think change. they're done. I think it's unfortunate. And I think the reason they're done is not because they are irrelevant or ineffective. I think it's because the DNC. Slipped the Iowa Democratic Party a poison pill, mm, mm. and thus gave them the excuse they needed to kill the kill the caucuses. Anyway, that's my. It ain't over till it's over. It's well, like it's like Visha. They brought it back several times. I wish they would bring it back again, but uh, they may decide. You know what? Actually, that was the way. It for people been. who aren't listening, Visha is a massive party in Ames. That whoa. And, I was involved in Visha. It was the cream of the crop. <laughs> the, the, the A students, the club people. I helped. It was beautiful. These are wonderful people. People came in and ruined it. And right, I have a okay, huge problem right, with right. that. And I don't know why the police who can who can monitor an entire football okay. game of drunk people couldn't. It, it, was, it was a cool idea that became a massive party. Yeah, well, Fair enough. Uh, jump shark, I yeah. think, is the term the kids use. All right. Did okay. 10 years ago or something. Anyway, we'll see what happens to the Iowa caucuses. I'm not optimistic. I would say a fair realignment would be to let four other small states go first and rotate uh, them. But don't like California, uh, New York, Texas, Florida. Those places have enough clout already. Well, and it'll yeah. turn into a zoo, and I must say, PC zoo, and that tends to kind of, it, 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 in the process, it undoes kind of the purpose somehow. It okay. becomes bigger than itself or okay. something. So, Mark, Mark, the caucuses may be going away, but one thing that's not going to go away is this crazy drought in the U.S. West. And I don't know if you've had a chance to look at the um, look at the drought monitor yet. Um, every Thursday, this comes out, and and the, the situation in the uh, eight western states that are profiled in the uh, drought monitor, it's, it's pretty bad. There's only a couple spots like uh, Northwest Oregon, a little spot in, uh, in uh, Idaho, Montana. The rest of the, uh, the area is really in dire straits. And even though we haven't got to the point where we're seeing extreme drought this year, like we uh, did last year, if you look at all the other indicators, exceptional drought, moderate drought, uh, what's the other one called? Um, severe drought, I love the different names. <laughs> Those indications are all much worse now than they were. Uh, you know, months ago. A couple years ago, my friend in in Chile was showing me fires literally on the hill behind her house. And I had always had this romantic notion that South America was lush and tropical rainforest and that kind of stuff. I was like, no, it's everywhere. This is global. Well, yeah, it's, and it's a, it's a big continent, (laughs) you know, but um, here, you know, uh, look at the McBride fire in New Mexico. That's already burned over 6,000 acres, destroyed 200 homes, uh, killed two people. And that town, uh, Ruidoso, that's the place where 10 years ago they had the worst fire in New Mexico history. You know, at some point people have to figure out that um, uh, this isn't working. I, I, I mean, I, I don't know how close you've been following this. My, my buddy in Colorado said the fire they had, God, was that earlier this year or last year? He said it was like a jet engine. Mm. People decided to burn some trash 
and the winds came up and it like fueled itself and it was disintegrating concrete block walls. Yeah. And I was going, yeah, I said, why don't they put protection up? Right? I said, no, it, it decimated concrete block. Yeah. I go like, okay, that is serious. Well, I, serious I, there's a, a quote from uh, Carrie Gladden. Uh, she's the um, spokesperson for Ruidoso, the, the town in New Mexico that this fire is burning there. And she said, and I quote, it's important that what started this whole event was a significant windstorm. Mm. And I, I think, I mean, we're getting, we're getting more wind in Iowa than I've ever mm. seen before. Mm -hmm. um, and, uh, you know, if you look at, I, I'm, I was reflecting today on a meeting I had with uh, Laguna Puebla elders. It was, an, it was a spontaneous, impromptu thing. I was walking across the country, and three of us arrived in time for lunch, Normally, I like to plan those things. This time it happened by accident. And we had a really, really good conversation. And I asked the, the elders, you know, what's changed? What's different here? What have, what have you seen because of climate change? And they talked about snowfall down. And they talked about precipitation down. And they also, most importantly, said the wind. The wind is noticeably stronger. And you got strong wind and less rain. And that's the recipe for fire. I'm, I'm going to do know? the Bible thing. They talked about signs. And if you aren't paying attention to the signs and they're everywhere, literally globally everywhere now, it, if it doesn't tell you something, you need to jump off this thing. <laughs> we yeah. need to, my saying that I told you a little while ago, we need to take a giant step forward in the opposite direction. <laughs> this is not progress and we are not right. going forward. It, 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 according to physics, all direction is forward. And who knows, maybe we're going over a hump. And it'll get better, but it's going to get better after it gets worse. Yeah. And it's not going to be the same. What's my other saying? I love this one. If you change everything, everything will change. And I hear people say, <laughs> I like the way things are. But folks, the very, by very virtue of what you're doing is causing change, which undoes what yeah. you want to stay the same. Well, it, and, it doesn't and, work. And again, there's change, there is change everywhere. And uh, when it comes to climate impacts i mean you know we're, we're, we have we have our derechos here in the midwest we have our tornadoes and we had the worst outbreak of tornadoes ever when december of 2021 there are never tornadoes in december and, and we had the worst march. outbreak ever and then in early march you know we're still um kathy and i are still helping a friend clean up after the disaster that uh, that hit his home you know last month but the um but the uh here's my question is where are people going to flee to? You know, I, I, I see that, not that I want a massive influx of population into the Great Plains, but mm -hmm. I, I think that's going to happen. Well, you know what? We could use <laughs> a topsoil to grow food for people. That's kind of weird <laughs> yeah. stuff. But, yeah. okay, this is the one that, that, that the irony is this. I see an area hit by tornado winds, whatever. What do they do? They rebuild, again, with vinyl siding, asphalt shingles, square boxes, above ground, uh, you want to get to the, the essence of the basis of basics of it. Earth sheltered is the way to go. And the irony is Earth will shelter us from what we're doing to the yeah. Earth. And we don't have a clue. Yeah. But so oh, you're, you're advocating for Earth homes. I, Which happen I to, haven't designed them, too. They're very inexpensive. They're for people or just for hobbits? They've been around for a long time. It's back to that... <laughs> What, and hobbits or earth homes? We, we talked Sorry. about, uh, okay. we talked about, oh, hang on, the song about uh, don't take or don't uh, don't take the girl. 
and it was about the young boy having animosity about women because he was a little boy, we have that same animosity about the earth. Mm. And the earth gave birth to us and shelters us, but somehow we find that not viable to have well, an earth shelter. Somehow it's bad. Yeah, and I, I think we're going to be have to have to look at those options, other options. I, I just think it's inevitable that we're going to see people fleeing here, not just from Ukraine, Afghanistan, Florida, but from Florida, Florida from California, New Mexico. I mean, there are, there are places all across the country and the world that are going to be unable to well, sustain. But when they come here and you life. have tornadoes, we could literally have hurricanes with tornadoes yeah. in them. Yeah. Multiple. <laughs> yes, and we could have sharknadoes. No, I made that up. <laughs> hey, uh, folks, this is Ed Fallon um, with Mark Klipsham in the studio today. We've got to take a short break, and when we come back, I want to, uh, well, we'll talk a little bit, but I want, I want to share with you a Nissan ad titled, Why Wait for Tomorrow? Today is Made for Thrill. And, <laughs> and that, in a nutshell, I think encapsulates our problem, and that's the primary point about the rise in violence of the New York Times and the status quo totally miss. Back in a minute on the Fallon Forum. Gateway Market and Cafe is Des Moines' locally owned grocery and specialty food store, centrally located at ML King Parkway and Woodland Ave. Enjoy chef-crafted prepared foods, artisan baked goods, organic produce, hand-cut meats, local and international cheeses, wines, and craft beer. Gateway's Cafe is open for dine-in, carry-out, and delivery service seven days a week. Stop by or visit gatewaymarket.com for more details. Gateway Market. Good food, great community. You're responsible for a lot, and it's easy to become overwhelmed, to feel helpless, even hopeless. What's not so easy is finding your way back to feeling and functioning better. Psychiatrist Dr. David Drake helps individuals and couples throughout Iowa with the convenience and privacy of televideo counseling. Dr. Drake also prescribes medication when needed, and his services are offered on a self-pay basis. If you need help, don't delay. Contact Dr. Drake at daviddrakefamilypsychiatry.com. Hey, welcome back to the program, folks. This is Ed Fallon, your host. You know, at a time when big corporations control most of the media, our niche is more important than ever. Please support what we do. Go to the Fallon Forum website, donate, even better, become a monthly sponsor. And speaking of sponsors, thanks to Groovy Goods, that's Des Moines' one-stop hippie shop where everyone is welcome and no one is judged. Groovy Goods is a tribe brought together by peace, love, and rock and roll. Learn more at groovy-goods.com or stop in at 23rd and University in Des Moines. Thanks also to Western Optometry located in Des Moines' East Village. Dr. Joel Westerman and his staff are fluent in English and Spanish. The clinic is open Monday through Friday from 9 a.m. until 5 p.m. and on Saturdays by appointment. That's Western Optometry. All right, so welcome back. Um, again, Mark Klipsham with me. And as you might suspect, the New York Times, that is the paper that the status quo and corporate America depend upon, they often get it wrong. And in their recent coverage about the uh, frightening rise in gun violence, they got, well, they got, oh, they got a little bit of it right. But the gaping hole in their analysis reveals their innate and blatant bias. You know, and certainly we have a, vi we have a violence problem in the U.S. Um, you know, just this past week, 
New York, South Carolina, Sacramento, and a couple weeks ago in Des Moines, two people killed. That's a very, very short list. In New, York, in New Orleans, um, they saw their bloodiest weekend in 10 years. And of course, also, as the New York Times points out, road rage is on the rise. Um, you know, and the New York Times likes to blame COVID, police brutality, uh, the polarization within <coughs> politics in the U.S., also poor economic conditions. Okay, all of that plays a role. Um, and, and probably the, uh, the closest the Times comes to actually getting it right is saying, and I'll quote here, inflation is particularly concerning because it could drive people to engage in property crime if they cannot keep up with higher expenses. Okay, so yes, all those things are elements, but it's just shocking to me that the New York Times, their analysis of what's behind violent crime misses the main point. Mark, would you agree? They're talking about symptoms, not the cause. Okay, and, and the cause? Drum roll, please. The cause is our energy policy. Uh, we, we talked about that a little bit a couple days ago about uh, let's go back to kindergarten and connect the dots. Basic science chemistry. You add energy to a system, any system. So what if we're having a discussion, Ed, and here we are, we're calm, it's like, Oh, we need to talk about, uh, gee, I'm your landlord and I'm going to raise your rent even though I know. Let's have some energy drinks first. <laughs> That'll make everything better. <laughs> no, it won't. We'll be hopped up. And that That's our entire well, global it, driving force of our economy is adding energy to it. Energy well, destabilizes. Mm. It makes things chaotic. It's entropy. It makes things more volatile slash violent. The driving force on top of the energy is people lack control over their own lives, even back to Putin and Russia. I wanted to point fingers and say, he's a bad man. And then I started to hear the rest of the story, and I go, yes, he's a bad man. He also feels threatened, and he has big weapons. Okay. And there's a lot of energy involved. What would happen? Yeah. Could I finish this thought? All right, sure, yeah, So yeah, you yeah. go like, oh, here's the hippie talking, blah, blah. First off, it's basic <laughs> chemistry and physics. Secondly, let's do a, let's do a little what if. They've got these bugs that they use to clean up oil spills in the Gulf. What happened? They did have this fear. What happened if that got into our oil supply, our uh, liquefied gas, our coal, and ate it all up? What would life be like in four years from now? Would we, would we have pedal-powered tanks and, and inflatable rockets? No. None of that could happen anymore. We'd have to we'd have to hoe our own vegetables. Hey, I know some people that do that. They're called yeah. urban farmers. Right. Yeah, well, <laughs> okay, that's what they do. Because guess what? There, there is no fuel. The energy is now from ourselves. We're self-supporting. We're resilient. Right along with the energy thing is the push towards globalization, which is also centralization, which has also no resilience. Uh, Ukraine, Russia, big wheat exporters are causing people in Africa to starve. They might not be as productive in Africa, but at least they would have something to eat. Yeah. That this is all the Bible too, by the way. It's called worldliness. Okay, so so yeah, the, uh, what what the New York Times misses in your estimation is the the fact that we can't have a system that's continually big, big hyped up on energy, and and again to me that to, to me what's going on and this connects to that I think is we have an economy, an economic <laughs> model that is insatiable. Uh, we are called. We're, we're not called people. In some in some conversations, we are con consumers, and we are supposed to continually consume more. Our economy is supposed to get bigger. 
uh, schools, uh, you know, un- university campuses are always growing. Churches want to get bigger. It's an addiction. Everything, it's an it, addiction paradigm. It is an addiction. It is an addiction. And yeah, again, you, it's 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 uh, it's this constant push toward greater levels of consumption. I need a bigger hit. I need more water. I need a bigger I, hit. I, I need more. I need Not more high. Food. More. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, and, and I think that's what that's what the New York Times and the mainstream media will never say. They will never say that hey. Maybe our economic model is flawed. Maybe one reason why there's so much violence is because what we've established is a violent system. It is a system that is inherently violent. And again, as you say, as you throw more energy into it, that violence increases. Can I and do a conflict of interest? All, all media outlets make their money off advertising. Why do people advertise? To increase consumption. Well, okay, so I, I call it a conflict well, of interest. Yeah. Well, and and, and again, we have we have um, we have underwriters for this program. We also have uh, people who sponsor it. And uh, uh, unlike some media, I make sure that we only we only invite people to do that who are people we know doing something local uh, and who are good people. Stability is what <laughs> yeah. they're about. They're about healthy things and then making yeah. things healthy and being healthy as opposed to mindless consumption for the sake of profits I didn't need anyway. Yeah. No, I have it's a huge a, pile of money. Like, oh, but, I mean, you see the connection between violence in the street and violence within the system, right? I mean, yeah, well, I mean people, people are disconnected. They, 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 they're labeled consumers. They're expected to continue to eat more, to grow more, or, or not to grow more, to, to, to grow their more. budgets more, yeah. consume more, to consume more. And, and when they fail to do that because... They, they can't live up to the expectations that Wall Street's ad campaigns generate. Now, you know, there's, you know, they, they, they struggle. Uh, and again, when, when, when costs of living go up, and that's, that's one point I think the New York Times, you know, hit the nail on the head. When things become really expensive, uh, you can't afford it, you're more inclined to find ways of feeding yourself and your family that might involve crime. I, I see corporations as basically parasites. They, they don't add really anything they are like a vulture pecking at something that's trying to stay alive and by the way they do need it to stay alive in the golden goose fashion but by god they're stuffing stuff down its throat so fast they're making pate out of a poison liver how long can that go on i mean they're literally pecking at things that are alive a little bit of my money, you know, I, these phone calls, what's the latest scam? And they, mm-hmm. lately it's Medicare. I get yeah. five or six a day. It's like there must be a lot of money involved here because otherwise they wouldn't be calling me six or seven times a day. But, I mean, really the, the golden goose, if I can bank on that, um, that, that uh, metaphor, is, is, the, is the, the growth economy. It's the, the economic model that says we have to continue to get bigger. bigger they they got to keep the goose alive, but, man, they're just... So, oh. but that, that's, that's, that's like embedded in our psyche anymore. That's, that's how we think, how we live, how we, how we see ourselves being, quote, successful in the world. Uh, and when those things don't pan out, you know, you know we, get, we get upset. But you know, we get angry. About we get violent. Globalization and centralization, as businesses grow bigger, and, and this might be a, a caucus, caucus beneficial problem kind of thing for example the insurance companies own tons of everything right okay well they're, they're kind of the overarching stuff so they have a, a resort in florida well they're also providing insurance for the farmers in iowa so what happens when the farmers in iowa are polluting the gulf 
and ruining the business of the resorts that the insurance companies also own. They start to bump in. Everybody starts to bump into each other because they're very big. You don't have that in egalitarian societies, smaller communities uh, with responsibility and accountability also. These big corporations don't have that. In fact, they've got the bully on their side, which is the government helping them. Mm-hmm. It it's it's this is why civilizations fall. It gets in essence ethically and morally corrupt, legally, mind you, but it ultimately fails by virtue of its own method. But there are some systems, some economic systems that that uh, that, that that go on forever. That don't um, the indigenous. Yeah, and the indigenous <laughs> ones. They they see they seem to do pretty well over a much longer period of time. Those are more egalitarian. And more connected to the earth. Yeah, and I think that's key, is, is, is we, we've got a system now where people are disconnected from each other, and that hap- that's more and more the case when you look at, look at the, uh, the reality of um, online existence. I mean, how many people are actually sitting down and talking to folks anymore? Well, it's a cause and effect thing, too. I am watching the effect of what I did. I caused that to happen. I don't want that to happen anymore. It's in my backyard. I just can't go on anymore, and so it yeah. doesn't. Yeah, and it's uh, I you know I there's so many ways to so many times in any given day we can see, you see it and say aha that's part of the problem. I am um, when I was uh, looking for news stories this morning, I happened upon an MSNBC site that had uh, a story that was um, pretty mm. interesting, but the, the ad that you had to watch to get to the story was an incredible contradiction. It's, it's a Nissan ad, and I want to play it for people. It's called, the, uh, the ad's name is, Why Wait for Tomorrow? Today is Made for Thrill. In the future, we'll travel to incredible places with the help of magical technology. But what about today? I want my magical future now. I have places to go. Rocks to climb. Sights to see. And flights to catch. I can't wait for what tomorrow will bring. But in the meantime, let's enjoy the ride. (laughs) So is that horrific or not? (laughs) And the sound in the background is always energy being consumed as fast as possible. And, and there wasn't one scene, I mean, folks listening didn't, they can't see the ad, but there wasn't one one instance where she was driving under the, under the speed limit, whether it was, uh, whether it was tearing through uh, pristine mountains, yeah, yeah. you know, uh, destroying nature directly that way, or you know, tearing through traffic in the city to see, get the, to the, the airport big truck, in time. same thing. It's like, let's yeah. go run over mm-hmm. nature because that's fun or something. I don't know. I, yeah. I, yeah, so... Uh, I, that to me encapsulates the problem. We have a culture that is not content with simplicity, that is not content with uh, with, uh, with 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 living within any, any kind of bounds. And and it's just, I mean, that reminds me. You you were around in 1984 when Ronald Reagan said, um, "We need a bigger pie." Are you better off now than you were four years ago? Mm. All right, we need a bigger pie, bigger pie. And this is all about a bigger pie. Having more, doing more, burning more fuel, more energy, more violence. I tell people I'm going out of town on vacation, and they go, what are you going to do? I was like, nothing. And they're like, oh, so you're not going to do anything? I said, no. I said, I'm going to do nothing. That is what I'm going to do because the rest of my life I'm doing stuff all the time. I am going to do nothing. That is what I'm doing. So now, now the, 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 the inquiring mind wants to know, what does the Mark Clipsham 
do-nothing vacation look like? Sandal tan is my goal, and I might read a book. Sandal tan. I will, I will sleep late. I will breakfast. I will make, take just, the whole morning to make breakfast if I want to. Just once? No, no, not a second breakfast? Well, I, I hadn't finished yet. You, okay. You, All right. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> you were getting to that. All right. I, 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 there's no schedule. I don't have to be anybody. I have no commitments to anybody other than relax. I think, I think, oh, that feels so good. I close my eyes. I, I dream. I, yeah, yeah. I talk to, go talk to people at the store or out on the beach or whatever, wherever I happen to be. I just, I, I. I'm yeah. not, I'm not, but I don't have a life of <clears throat> circumscribed behavior is what I'm saying. Yeah. And again, to, um, to get by in today's world, you, uh, you, you have to, um, I mean, you, you kind of have to engage in some level of, of hyped up activity, <laughs> you know, uh, there's, there, I, I suppose it's, and I'm always trying to find that balance too, because we, we work pretty hard, you know, I, but we also value our sleep. We eat well, we get some exercise, you know. You, uh, you can design anything. I'm a designer. I hope she's not listening, but a client was pushing me for a deadline. <laughs> and I said, from the very first time we met, I am self-employed. I am independent. I told you I would give you the best cost and the highest quality. You have three options in a project. Time, cost, quality. You get two of them. Okay. Which do you want? I always heard you want quality and cost. We're going to keep with that arrangement. The deadline thing <laughs> makes me very anxious, and it causes me to compromise the other two. So yeah. that is how I designed my life to avoid at least a modicum of the anxiety of the, you know, those, you know, you got to get this done no matter what. It's like, well, no matter what means compromise, and I don't do that. Okay, so we've got a problem in the good old U.S. of A., folks. Uh, violence is running amok. Uh, the one thing the mainstream media don't want to talk about is the systemic violence that that uh, the economic violence that uh, basically, you know, creates a system where we are disconnected from our real needs, from each other, from nature. I want to talk more about that, Mark, and I want to talk about solutions. And I know you're a big Bible guy, but uh, not but not an evangelical sec- secular, kind of secular Bible. I'm secular a, I'm a Bible God, guy. God person, not a All Bible right. guy. I'm reading the Bible. I mine nuggets out of the Bible. Okay, you're mining there. the Bible. Okay, I'm good. mining the Bible. We'll talk about that when we come back from a short break on the Fallon Farm. Groovy Goods is your Des Moines one-stop hippie shop. Located near Drake University, we are more than just a store. Groovy Goods is about community. We're a tribe brought together by peace, love, and rock and roll. You will be greeted by friendly staff, the smell of incense, the vibration of healing stones and crystals, the vibrant colors of clothing and tapestries, and an extensive herbal apothecary and metaphysical products. At Groovy Goods, everyone is welcome and no one is judged. Check us out online, groovy-goods.com, or stop in at the corner of 23rd and University in Des Moines. At Westrom Optometry, Dr. Joel Westrom and his team provide a variety of services, including comprehensive eye exams, children's eye exams, and LASIK co-management. Whether strictly utilitarian or a fashion statement, your comfort and vision are Westrom's primary concern. Dr. Westrom and his staff will work closely with you to determine the best solution for your eyes, prescription, and lifestyle. Services are provided in English and Spanish, and the clinic is open Monday through Friday from 9 a.m. till 5 p.m. and on Saturdays by appointment. That's Westrom Optometry, located in Des Moines East Village.
Welcome back, folks. Ed Fallon with you here on the Fallon Forum. Remember, you can support this alternative to the shock jocks by becoming a monthly donor or a business sponsor. Check out the Fallon Forum website for details. And thanks to Story County Veterinary Clinic, where Dr. Kim Holding has been caring tenderly for all creatures, great and small, for over 30 years. You can learn more at Story County Veterinary Clinic's Facebook page. All right, again, uh, Mark Klipscher with me here. And uh, we're talking about the mainstream media's analysis of the rise in violent crime in the U.S. And uh, our belief, and we, we share this belief, that the one thing the media does not, want, does not want to talk about or does not want you to hear about is the fact that the economic system that they are, 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 are elevating, the status quo, let's call it that, is a big part of the problem. And uh, maybe we can't agree on that, but let's presume we agree on that. I want to get to talking about solutions, models, examples. Mark, kick it off. On those blogs, I go on very contentious. Oh, these huge problems. You want me to solve this in two sentences? First off, let's stop all subsidies. Ta-da! All subsidies. No, yes. no subsidies for wind, ethanol. If it doesn't make it on its own, it. I'm sorry. How about how about roads? Uh, we're going to get to the second part. Okay. And the second part is: is what if we pulled the plug? What if most of what we produce in this country and we import is in the landfill in about a week or two. Okay, it's all disposable. None mm -hmm. of it is timeless. Mm -hmm. So and then I got, well, wait a minute. Why am I in this cubicle filling out these TPS reports again? It's like, why don't I do that nothing thing? Oh, or I could grow my own food and repair my own house. What if I just pulled the plug? That, that uh, what if, you know, what if this bug got into all this fossil fuels? Would that be the end of the world? Or would that be the beginning of a real life that had meaning and worth and challenge? You know, I, we're so used to flipping a switch. You know, what if I what if I pump my own water? What if I split my own wood? What if I built my own house? I guarantee I'm not going to waste it. I watch people leave their car on to go into the grocery stores. So it'll be cool when they come out. <laughs> like, yeah. What yeah, sort of pansy yeah, the, are the, you? The, the, the flip the flip not, the not uh, the pansies are fine. I'm right. sorry, the pansy the beautiful flower out there. Yeah, yeah beautiful sorry, flower. Okay. Yeah, there's uh, I mean the, the the flip the switch thing that 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 intrigues me because. I think our species is lazy. I mean, I think we've I, been I, bred. Well, well, but but I think most 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 animals want to lay around if they can get away with it. That that's conservation conservation of energy, which is sure. I mean, the, the, the that's slot our problem right now is we're not conserving energy. Right, we're right, using right. it like it's going out of style. So we we want to be like Mark Clipsham on vacation all the time. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> do do what I need to do. Anything extra in the world is either fat or pollution. Yeah. No, that's that's the equation. <laughs> the equation has to balance. Right. I want so, you to put back as much as you take out. And That's so, we, so, so we, we, we're, we're enamored by these devices that save us time and effort. Um, but I think also we're enamored by devices that uh, are, are just, just cute and clever and intriguing because they're new and different. And they, they make, they, they move, they, who knows? I'm thinking of one thing is, I can't remember what it's called now. It's, it's a little a vacuum cleaning like device that you just Roomba. kind of. Roomba. Roomba. Okay, good. You just set the Roomba to go, and it goes. And, Gee, it has um, no problems with it other other. It's there's a no really horribly engineered piece of garbage. Well, well, you're gonna love this story, Mark. So, uh, a, a a a an unnamed relative 
ha, uh, had a Roomba <laughs> and uh, let it uh, do its job. And I may have some of the details wrong, but I think they, um, the cat, the older cat, I think the cat might be like 21 years old. I think she uh, missed the litter box by, by several yards oh, and, um, oh, and went on the rug, I believe. Uh, or it might have been, might have been on just on, on the floor, and the Roomba came by to do its thing mm-hmm. on cue and just spread that crap over everywhere. The... <laughs> yeah. So. You know my saying: uh, <laughs> it begins as a blessing but ends as a curse, making life easier but yeah. making it worse. Okay, so so we this kills me. It's like, wait a minute, you're you're advocating going back to pioneer days or something. Like that. I said, okay, well, you know what. Even the Amish, Pre, no, pre-pioneer days. Right? Even the Amish have evolved. So where is this? Where is this uh, Bureau of Common Sense? Which cell phones are great. So is the internet. Okay, uh, I was at the store the other day and I saw fruity pebble flavored corn syrup for my frozen waffles. <laughs> oh, and you bought, I bet you bought a bunch of that. Mark. Well, it lasts for a thousand years. Yeah. When, I it, when I go into my bunker, that's what I'm going to eat. Another fine corn product from Iowa. I went like, this is the end of the world. Who just, who thought we needed this? Yeah. This is liquid heart attack or healthcare <laughs> crisis. I'm like, this is blue. Yeah. I just went, this, this is, is the heart, apocalypse. It's, it's, it's right heart, there. It's heart attack and diabetes rolled into one <laughs> product. Something like that. Yeah, I was, yeah, like, yeah, I was yeah. like, what corporate board said, hey, this is going to make well, our I mean, quarterly earnings go up 10%. I mean, co- corporate food giants figured this out a long time ago. We, by design, love sugar. Salt and fat. It's caveman diet. Well, well, it, because, yeah, we can't get that in abundance in the, in, in, in the wild. And, so and I like we, carrots we, uh, and potatoes without butter and all that crap on it. It's, yeah, they're but, fine. But, but I know, but, the, but we, 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 the food giants, they, they design foods to have these things in them because they know that we are biologically programmed to yes, want them. Ab- absolutely. Yeah. Anyway, absolutely. Uh, you know, I, I mean, how do we get beyond the... Um, well, and the leisure thing, too. How is it that, okay, there's this term, spectator sports. Is that the biggest oxymoron you've ever heard? I'm watching other people get exercise, and that means I'm a sports person. It's like, so, no, I, I, I want to get back to um, the Bible. You said sure. you were, you find some, I mean, a lot of people are very critical of Christianity these days. There's been a big movement back to um, the, the wisdom of the uh, native communities that inhabited this land. Deism Still also. do. That, I mean, that they were here for who knows how long. Yeah. But but you see some hope and some wisdom in the Bible as well. Well, I was reading, uh, I read, uh, so I read The Goddess Past and Present, Thomas Paine's The Age of Reason. I'm reading Civil Disobedience now. Thoreau? Yeah. Right. I'm reading both the Bibles, have read the Old Testament three quarters way through the New. And Thomas Paine, well, he was almost literally on death row for what he wrote. And I said, Mr. Paine, you're a brilliant writer. You're obviously brilliant. You totally missed the point. Someone else said, the Bible is garbage. It's all these fantastical stories. I said, I said and I'm not going to use his name. I said, you know what it takes to find a diamond? By the way, I don't want diamonds, but whatever. I, I'm <laughs> no, looking, you don't seem like a diamond guy. I'm looking for nuggets of wisdom. Are they lying around on the ground? No, I have to dig for them. I got the Bible. It's got all this stuff in it. There's these incredibly valuable nuggets of wisdom, timeless philosophy, it doesn't matter who wrote it. doesn't matter when it was written. It's like physics, chemistry, or geometry. It's timely. It will always be true. That's what I'm looking for. And I come across this. It blows me away. Thomas Paine, when he wasn't disparaging the Bible for its obvious literary, 
there was some great stuff in there. Ninety uh, percent of that okay. wasn't of interest to me either. For example, which the great stuff. Oh, uh, he explained reincarnation. He said, he said, what about the caterpillar or, or rebirth or the resurrection, whatever you want to call it. And it's all the same, as far as I'm concerned. It all came from the same place. It's all the same stuff. It's all analogous. Resurrection in a Christian context is a lot different than than, uh, than reincarnation. It's an analogy. Okay, so okay. He, the point was, he said, you've got this worm. Well, they were talking in the Bible about when I come back, would I come back looking the same or would it be better because people aren't perfect? And it, so Thomas Paine said, I can go out in nature, which the universe is our university, go out and look around. It's all there. That's God out there, people. He said, I got this worm, caterpillar, what do you want to call it? It's a worm. It doesn't have much defense, not particularly beautiful. It goes into this cocoon. It comes out. It's a butterfly. And it can fly. He said, that's it. And I went, wow, that is so incredibly cool. And no, it doesn't look anything the same, and yet it is the same being. I said, that is far out and mind-blowing. Thank you, sir. And that's in what book of the Bible? <laughs> no, that was that was in the Age of Reason. That was in the okay, conclusion right, 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 of right, Thomas right. Paine. Right, right. Well, no, they so they had Easter, and so he came, went in a man, and came out and went up to heaven. I mean, that's he got wings, if you will. There you go. He was a man, man or flawed. Okay, so I'm trying, to get, I'm, I'm trying to get back to. There's plenty of violence in the Bible. Uh, Old Testament or New Testament? More in the old. Plenty in the wow, new. that's all it is. Well, no, yeah, well, but uh, still some good stuff in there. Yeah, I know, but I, and I'm a, I'm a religion major, I, and I, I I learned to read Hebrew. I, I value the I value scripture quite a bit, but but you could argue that it's been more of a problem in terms of fueling and defending the endless economic growth model that again leads to the violence we've been talking about during this program. Which was Payne's one of Payne's major points is that this is done in the name of God. Wow, uh, what an insult to God is, is what he said. He's like, it's a great book. Do not get caught up in the negativity that I didn't care for that. I was like, dude, you missed the point of the Bible. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of people have. You're looking at the surface. Once again, you, you're, you're taking it all, the rocks, the gravel and everything, and there's diamonds in there. Well, wheat and chaff, that's one of the major Humility, wheat, and chaff. Get rid of the chaff. By the way, chaff has a purpose. Uh, <laughs> right. But uh, it's the point. wheat. You keep the right. wheat, get rid of the chaff, or use it for uh, organic compost. There you go. Yeah. like that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I, I know, we, you know within Christianity, there, there's, a, there's a great divergence of opinion about, uh, about how Scripture speaks to one's life, one's world, one's, one's, uh, <coughs> one's, uh, one's community. And, and I think it cuts both ways. What Jesus um, preached was was describing paradise. Yeah. And then I see people who practice say they're Christians, and I go like, whoa, whoa, where do you connect these dots for me? Remember yeah. back to the connect the dots from kindergarten? I was like, yeah. I read the Bible. That's not so what you're doing To me, one, 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 uh, one scriptural element that speaks very well to the need to come up with a new economic model is the uh, the uh, the Sabbath and the Jubilee? Oh, absolutely! Again, every, every every seven years, um, you get a break. Crops get a break. You get a break. Uh, every fifty years, ownership is all shuffled. Things go back to the original families. We we should have a sacred day. There should be a day a week. No, we don't need a quick shop. If you didn't get your bologna and cheese whiz <laughs> yesterday, I'm sorry. You're gonna do without it. It should be a day for family. I, I, that's not religious. That's a basic human need of 
pull the plug. Everything's shut down uh, in Pittsburgh. There's a Jewish neighborhood. My my I'd, friends my friends would yep. go next door and turn their oven on. It's like those people actually live that life. They live their faith and belief. I said, that is incredibly cool. Love the neighborhood. Squirrel Hill, Pittsburgh. Go check it I, out. I, Squirrel Hill. I camped in Squirrel Hill on the Great March for Climate Action. Wow. Where? Yeah. What? Um, Beacon and Murray, maybe? No, I stayed, with, I stayed with a family. Some of us camped. Some of us stayed at a church. I ended up with a family. Oh, it, it was it yeah. was like a, it was like a movie. Some days, there's this play went on. It was yeah. it was a small community inside of a bigger, and you got that, and you didn't have oh. the violence. Well, not, well again, not I, again, it was, it was wonderful. It was, I don't, I don't. You know, we can hold out examples: the, the jubilee, the Sabbath, uh, the sustainability of indigenous communities, and and a life, uh, you know, a whole economic and, and social structure that was connected to nature. But how are we going to get from where we're at now? the push the button and the magic happens society or the society of the Nissan gal who uh, can't wait for the uh, crazy stuff that she envisions in the future and she's ready to, she, she, wants, she wants her thrill now. Can uh, we start with stability? Yeah, can, can how do you get, get there? So, so, you so get there? people want a stable family, right? Yeah. And people want a stable job and I want a stable life. I want to be able to count on tomorrow and our entire economy is built on volatility Stock market. Oh, mm -hmm. the stock's crashed. Somebody just made a lot of money. These people lost their life and their livelihood, but this guy made a lot of gal, whatever, made a lot of money. And that volatility, this whole economic paradigm is for a very small amount of people, and everybody else is going along for the rest. A smaller and smaller chunk of people all the time, yes, I think. Yes, yes. And yep. it's like, pull the plug. I, am I going to miss them? No, I'm not going to miss them at all. I, didn't, I don't even know them anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it, it's... um. Yeah, it, it's it's a conundrum. Uh, I, It'll stop I, I by think, itself. I think one to me one way you can uh, you can help people think about moving beyond the endless consumption uh, model is to be that change yourself. Uh, and uh, you know, Kathy and I try to do that. I know plenty of people who are trying to do that, and uh, you know, and they're not all on the on the left of the political spectrum at all. They're all no, across the political spectrum, actually. Some of the worst offenders are on the left of the political a spectrum. True conservative, <laughs> a true conservative right. understands stability uh, and, and that need for family and community and all that, and that rapacious profits are the antithesis of that. They get in the way of that. It degrades our society. It's yeah. entropy. Once again, everything's yeah. the same. It's all connected. Yeah. It's a big spider web. Connect the dots, people. Enjoy talking to someone rather than going to a huge concert or a football game or whatever and drinking crappy beer for a lot of money. <laughs> Mark, Which, thank you for folks. We've been talking to crazy Mark Clipsham. Uh, <laughs> no, no, prophetic no, Mark Clipsham. Not average. Normal, normal, normal Mark Clipsham. Yes, that makes me crazy in this yeah, world. Yeah, unfortunately. <laughs> Mark, thanks again for joining us. And folks, uh, uh, there's a tune I want to I want to play as we go out here called uh, I'll play a segment of it for you called The Last Resort by the Eagles. When we come back from a short break, uh, Kathy Burns will join us for our farm and food segment. We're going to be uh, talking about uh, compost. Back in a minute on the Valley Forum. Just like the missionaries did So many years ago They even brought a neon sign Jesus is coming Brought the white man's burden down Brought the white man's rain Who will provide the grand design? What is yours and what is mine? 
Gateway Marketing Cafe is Des Moines' locally owned grocery and specialty food store. With over 5,000 items to choose from, you can order groceries online and the Gateway team will bring them to you curbside. It's a convenient way to shop from anywhere and save time. Gateway's Cafe is open for dine-in, carry-out and delivery service seven days a week with catering and floral services also available. Visit gatewaymarket.com for more details. Gateway Market, good food, great community. Architecture by Synthesis provides planning, design, and design-build services for high-performance, low-maintenance, affordable homes and buildings. Owner Mark Klipsham is adamantly and actively committed to supporting the mission of the Fallon Forum and community radio stations. Mark knows we must all live and work with the goal of building better health for both people and planet. And he works to implement that vision through his stewardship of Architecture by Synthesis. You can learn more at architecturebysynthesis.com. At Story County Veterinary Clinic, Dr. Kim Holding has over 30 years of experience working with all creatures, great and small. Cat, dog, horse, cow, elephant. Well, if you've got a pet elephant, you may be in trouble. Kim's clients stick with her year after year because they know she'll do right by them and their pets and farm animals. So give Kim a shout to keep your animals happy and healthy. Call 515-232-8766. That's 232-8766. Remember, you can support this alternative to the shock jocks by becoming a monthly donor, or if you own a small business or run a nonprofit, become a sponsor. And speaking of sponsors, thanks to psychiatrist Dr. David Drake. Wherever you live in Iowa, Dr. Drake can help through the convenience and privacy of televideo counseling offered on a self-pay basis. Contact DavidDrakeFamilyPsychiatry.com. All right, Kathy Burns is with me, and we are discussing... Decomposition. <laughs> Death and dying. We've been digging in the dirt a lot. Not to necessarily <laughs> bury things, but to get ready to plant. Compost is what Ed's talking about. Yeah. Yes, compost is a bunch of dead stuff what that I wanna, helps us grow food. What I want to be when I grow up. I know. Yes. No hurry. <laughs> Don't waste this this pile of great compost. Yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah, I mean, my... my my love affair with compost goes back a long ways. Uh, you know, what my, my very first, well, when I lived in, lived in Ireland, of course, on a farm there, lots of rocks, but still soil good. Don't have to worry about that. But when I moved to uh, the inner city of Des Moines and we inherited a backyard that was mostly pretty much just clay, all the topsoil had been stripped, I planted potatoes, nothing happened. Yuck. There wasn't a single potato. Not it was the only time one. I've ever had a failed potato crop. Saddest and I realized, story of my, my yeah, life. Yeah, I realized you can't, you can't just plant something in clay and expect it to work. So that's when I started getting interested in compost. And, I mean, without compost, a lot of this degraded urban soil wouldn't be happening. And you used your newly formed then expertise on compost when I moved to the city and moved here with you, and we started this urban farm, I had come from an, a rural background where the soil that I dug up to plant a garden 
was gorgeous black <laughs> Iowa topsoil and needed nothing added to make it good. And I grew a lot of good vegetables without <laughs> knowing anything about compost. I, I put my scraps, I just threw them out onto the, the garden bed and <laughs> shoveled them in in the fall. Well, and you know, there's it. Even if you live in, in a, even when I lived in Ireland, again the soil was okay, but we still enriched it with um, with compost, mm-hmm. um, mostly just kind of straight out of the cow barn. Uh, <laughs> uh, well, actually, it had been sitting for a little while it behind has to the cow barn, a bit. and then we would bring it into the uh, into the garden. But you know, we were we're big fans of these large. Plastic. I hate to say big fan of plastic anything. Used. They are used. Yeah. They're, We've never bought one. No, you can get them for free. There's so many sitting around that people aren't using. But those conical-shaped ones, I'm not a fan of the type that you, the, 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 uh, the barrels where you turn the crank. Maybe somebody's had some luck with that. But That'd be all interesting ever, to hear about. All I ever get is a, is a big blop, a wad of a uncomposted you know, a clump that just keeps flipping over. So the clump <laughs> goes up to the top of the barrel, slams back down into the bottom, and nothing gets mixed, Yeah, right? it, doesn't, it doesn't actually turn the compost. Okay. It just flops the blob. Okay. <laughs> I like flop the blob. How about that? Uh. <laughs> well, a lot of people are wondering right now, how do I get started composting? Yeah. As they were the year before and the year before and the year before. So basically <laughs> people get confused about how much do I need of what thing, and they're talking about the green matter and the brown matter. Uh, the green matter is uh, basically the um, nitrogen. The nitrogen yeah. that you put in, and the brown matter is the carbon. And so those two things put together with a good amount of air and water. Yeah, and you can be a scientist about this, and I respect that. I respect science, <laughs> but we're more uh, we're more in the artistic category. Um, we just pile everything we intend to compost into the chicken pen. Mm-hmm. And the, the dried leaves go in there, the scraps of straw, the chicken manure, obviously. Mm-hmm. If we have some other manure, horse, lamb, guinea pig, not making that up, guinea that pig. That is true, um, thanks to know, a neighbor. <laughs> we, we throw all that in there, and it kind of begins to, the chickens kind of begin the process of, 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 of you know, the initial phase of composting. Mm-hmm. And then we fork it into one of four different bins, and it just uh, it starts usually, cooking. Yeah, it starts cooking. Well, if people want to be more scientific, the <laughs> suggested ratio of carbon to nitrogen by weight, according to Cornell University and others, is 30 to 1. So 30 parts carbon to 1 part nitrogen. Again, carbon, your brown matter is like the dried leaves, the grasses, newspapers, that mm. kind of thing. And the nitrogen is what's called the green matter, grass clippings, food scraps. It's it's funny because you don't think of coffee grounds as green matter. Um right. And manure is, manure is also in the, the green matter or nitrogen category. Mm-hmm. And then that's to get it started. Um, once it's cooking good, um, it says that you can reduce the ratio of, uh, of uh, carbon to nitrogen to 15 to 1. Well, it'll, it'll reduce itself over mm-hmm. time, yeah. yeah. But, you know, it just, we, we, couldn't, we couldn't grow food. I mean, we have 60 raised beds, mm-hmm. and they would be worthless if we didn't have compost. And... And so we make about 16 batches of compost a year. Mm-hmm. So our goal is to get it cooking fast, um, turn it off. And you can't turn it too often or you disrupt the, the microbial activity. Mm-hmm. But, you know, turning it it's every... It's a busy little place. It's a busy there, place. In your yeah. carbon, every, your, every, in your compost Every bin. couple of weeks or so, you know, when it starts cooling off, like I, I, take a, I take the temperature of our compost. The, Kathy's kind enough to let me use the meat thermometer. Um, you wash it when you're done. I wash it, but the, I take the I take the temperature each each um, weekend, 
And right now I have three of the compost bins are way low. I mean, the temperature is, way, is below 120. So, you know, it's time to turn them again. Mm-hmm. They, they're not ready. They're not composted yet. They're coming along, but they need a turning. They need more oxygen. They might also need more water. But, you know, to me, the biggest lesson in composting, the biggest mistake I find people make mm-hmm. is they I treat... I know what you're going to say. Yeah, they treat their composter like a, a, a garbage disposal. Mm-hmm. Oh, we have some scraps from tonight's meal. We throw them in there. Oh, we have scraps two days later, a week later, two weeks later, a month later half a year later, it's always just throw it in there. And they never get it cooking. No, and then it never cooks. It, it does not, it's not, you know, well, you'll eventually get, you know, cold, you know, the, the cold composting going on. But if you want, if you're really serious about having compost, you got to treat it more like a cake than a garbage disposal. Have all the ingredients ready to go, put them in there, close the oven. <laughs> then you can continue to add once it gets cooking and then it mentioned the temperatures are, are amazing sometimes once it gets cooking yes then just go throw your kitchen scraps in daily and they will start to to be eaten down into the, right. the bowl although the at some point i stopped doing that i mean I, i'll only i'll only throw fresh scraps into i prefer only to throw fresh scraps into a composting a, a compost a pile of compost in its early stages mm-hmm. once you've turned it and it's really starting to cook down yeah, I don't feel like adding anything else to it, you know. So. Well, it's amazing the energy that can be produced by the um, the green matter, let's say. For instance, grass clippings. When people mow their lawns, and I used to do this when I had a big lawn. When in the country, you'd mow the lawn and get a pile of grass clippings, and it would just start to smoke and, and yeah. burn on its in own about a if day I didn't or two, clean right? it up very quickly. Yeah. So composting is good stuff. Yeah. And you can have an open pit as well that, that again, you know, relieves you of the burden of having a piece of plastic around. But, uh, you know, the, the, the nice thing about the black plastic bins is they, they, they concentrate the heat in there mm-hmm. better. But, again, if, I, you know, if we weren't just picking those up for free, I'd just use an open pile and just uh, you know, ideally in the sun. Mm-hmm. Ideally in the sun. That kickstarts Keep an eye it. on the water. And yeah. Anyway. Hey, Kathy, thanks for joining us. Uh, folks, Kathy Burns with Birds and Bees Urban Farm. Thanks to my guest today, Mark Clipsham, to our production team of Sherry Herdina, Forrest Detterman, Charles Goldman, Kathy Burns, and myself, Ed Fallon. Thanks to our local small business partners, Gateway Marketing Cafe, Architecture by Synthesis, Story County Veterinary Clinic, Western Optometry, Groovy Goods, and Dr. David Drake Family Psychiatry. Thanks also to our nonprofit partners, Bold Iowa and Birds and Bees Urban Farm. Remember, your support for this program matters a lot. Go to the Fallon Forum website to learn more about how you can make a difference. Thanks again, and we will be back next week with another hour of Cutting Edge Talk Radio.